Before we even get into the sermon, I just want to encourage the Bible read-through people. I hope you're still going for it. I'm praying for you. We're in Leviticus. Uh, after today, I think, I think there's four, four more days in, in Leviticus. And, and like I said, Leviticus, it sets up Christ. Right? It sets up that, that we need Jesus. Our, our sin requires the, the, the sacrifice in our place, the substitute. Um, and, and over and over again in, in, Levit- in Leviticus, I've noticed as it talks about the offering that's made, the sacrifice that's made, it says it's a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Over and over again we read it's a pleasing aroma, it's a pleasing aroma, which we fast forward to, to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, and, and Paul tells us believers that, that now we are pleasing aroma. To, we're a pleasing aroma to the Lord. So keep going, Bible read through people. Um, and, and it's not too late to join. A couple of people let me know. Um, I think it was last week that they joined up with us, and, and that's great. So if you get behind, just double up. Double up. Don't try and go crazy. Just double up until you're caught up. Or if that doesn't work, just skip to where we are, and I won't tell anybody. Uh, I just want you reading God's word. So, um, last week uh, we started in the Gospel of of John. Uh, Matt read for us today uh, verses one through eighteen, which are the the prologue, the the, the intro to the Gospel of John. And, and I really appreciated that Pastor Gary. Uh, he said that that while John uses really simple words, light, the word, um, it, it, it can be confusing. Right? As we read this, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, He was in the beginning with God. It, it can be confusing, even though these words, we all, we all get these words by themselves. Kind of like, uh, like if you've ever talked to a financial advisor, you understand like every word they're saying technically, but you really only grasp, or at least me, I grasp like 50% maybe of what they mean. Um, so, so while the, the language is simple, it can be confusing, but one thing I want to make sure that we have from last week, when it, when it talks about the Word, the Word was in the beginning, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Gary said a, a couple things I want to remind you of, and he was, he was talking about why, why is John called Jesus the Word. He says, because it is God's very nature to communicate. He is a God who reveals himself to and communicates with his creation. And then he said, because Christ was and is God's ultimate Word, the final and climactic revelation of God to people. So, so when, when we talk about Christ as the Word, when, when John talks about him as the Word, Jesus is, is that, that, that final communication. Someone wrote that, that he's the genuine and ultimate self-disclosure of God to man. And Gary also said, he, he was praying for us as a body, that, that as we come to John, that, that we would come to it with fresh eyes. That, that, that we, um, is, some of you have been in church for a long time, and the Gospel of John is just a place we kind of end up a lot. And it'd be easy to, to read some of these things and, and forget what they're saying. You know, we, we, should, we should be astounded. We should marvel at, at the description uh, of Christ. Just in these first five verses, and we read that, that Christ is eternal. I remember as a middle schooler thinking like, okay, it's crazy enough that that means that Christ goes on forever to the future. <laughs> but also, the other way, my, my head just hurt thinking of Christ just always being. And we, we read that he's the, the creator of, of all things. Right? He, he, everything that's created was, was created through Christ. It says that, that, that the life is in him, that life is the light of men. And then it talks about the, the darkness has not overcome it. We know that that light is victorious. And, and I hope that, that as, as we read about Christ, even if you've read it a hundred times already, 
that, that you're astounded. Right? That, that we're just blown away at, at, at the description of who Jesus is, that we see that we are in absolute need of him. Colossians 1.19, I was thinking about this this week. It says, for in him, for in Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. That should blow our minds. Right? So, so as, as we read John, who I hope that, that, that the Holy Spirit stirs up in us worship, right? That we, just, we worship Jesus, that he's absolutely incredible. He is the Lord of lords, the King of kings, that he always has been. He's created everything. He loves us. He died for us. I, I hope also that, that it, serves up, it stirs up belief in us, that, that we would believe in, in who the Word says that Jesus is. So today we're in verses uh, 6 through 13. Last week on the screen, Gary had for you the, the main idea, right? And the women's Bible study in the mornings, I think you're calling this just shared truth, and, and Sherry's making you work hard at, at boiling it down. Not a summary, but, but what's, what's the main idea? What's the author trying to communicate? So this is what we have for today. Um, it says, When the light came, his own did not receive him, but those who did became children of God. So uh, Gary and I worked on this together. There are several revisions. It's hard work. I just want to encourage the, the women in the Mormon Bible study, keep going for it, right? And, and why we're doing this is what matters is that we understand what the author was saying to us, right? That, that we understand what the author was trying to communicate. So if I leave a note to my kids, right? Say I've got to leave and, and they're getting older so they can be home, the older ones by themselves. I, I leave a note because they're still sleeping and it says... Uh, unload the dishes, I don't know, brush your teeth, don't burn the house down, right? So what they need to do is figure out what does dad mean by that? Like, they're, they're, what does dad mean by unload the dishes? Well, put the stinking dishes away, right? Like, it doesn't matter what, what they feel like or whatever. They, they need to know what the author wrote. So, so that's what we're going for here. So verse 6, let's jump right into this. It says, there is a man sent from God whose name was John. And this isn't the author, John, of the gospel, but this is, this is John the Baptist. God had sent him, and, and we'll get, uh, in two weeks, we'll get to much more on, on John. But John the Baptist was, was equipped, he was commissioned by God for, for this special ministry. Isaiah, uh, the prophet Isaiah, talked about John long time before John was ever born, said that, that he, was, he was going to be this voice calling out of the desert, preparing the way of the Lord. Like God had ordained that John would have this, this special ministry pointing to Christ. Verse 7 says, He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. And the, the author of this gospel, John, he, he uses the word witness throughout the gospel. Uh, a ton of different witnesses that point to Jesus. Uh, he says that, that the works of Jesus, the signs, the miracles that he did point to Christ. In chapter 4, the, the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well, she comes to understand some stuff about Jesus. She points people to Christ. She's a witness. The Holy Spirit is a witness to who Jesus is. God the Father's a witness. It says the Old Testament scriptures are a witness. In chapter 12, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, and the crowd bears witness to who Jesus is, what he's done. And the word witness might make you think of like a courtroom, um, a testifying um, 
to, to who Jesus is, to what they have seen. But John the Baptist, it says he's a witness to this light, which, which takes us back to verses 4 and 5 from last week, which I'll read again. It says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So John, he's not the light. And, and later we'll see that, that people get confused. They ask him, are you the Christ? Right? And Christ is not Jesus' last name. It's a title, Messiah, Chosen One, Savior. Um, so they ask, are, are you the Christ? Like, no, I, I'm not the Christ, but I, I, came, I came to point to Jesus. I came to bear witness. And verse 7 tells us, why? It says so that, that all might believe, that all might believe in Jesus, right? Not just intellectual belief, and, and later in the sermon, I'll talk a little bit more about belief, but, but he wants people to believe. John had a singular focus, that, that everyone, as many people as possible, would, would believe in Jesus. He, he wasn't content with, with just some people believing. He wanted every person that he could reach to, to know uh, about Christ. And Christians today, we have the same mandate. Right? Matthew 28, Jesus says, he says, go, make disciples of all nations, baptize them, teach them everything that I've commanded you. Acts 1.8, Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in, in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, to the ends of of the earth, right? This is our job as, as Christians. If you've put your faith in, in Jesus' death and resurrection, right? If, if you recognize that before Christ you were dead to sin, there was no hope, and that Jesus had to die for you, right? His blood was shed in, in your place to atone for your sins. If you put your, your trust in in him, then this is, this is our job, right? This is what we're supposed to do as Christians. And, and every Christian, I think we know that. We know that this is what we're supposed to do. If I was driving by a, a school um, that had a fire in it, right? It's during school day, and there are kids trapped in there. Obviously, I call 911, but I'm not going to sit there and wait for 911 or to, for the firefighters. Gosh, I couldn't even think of the word. Firefighters to show up, right? I, I'm going to, I hope, I hope I'm going to run in there. And, and try and, and, and save as many kids as possible. And it's not like I'm saved in, or, or trained in burning building rescue, right? I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm just going to run in there and, and try and help kids get out of that and get them safe and, and then turn back around, even though I'm probably going to get burned, right? The, the smoke, I don't, who knows how long it will be before I breathe normally again. My back will probably hurt for weeks, but what else am I going to do? What else are we going to do? Right? This world needs Jesus. And I know there, there's some people in our church, some people in every church, that you're going for it. Right? You, you're telling people about Jesus left and right. You're looking for opportunities. You're getting shot down a lot. But, man, some people are coming to know Jesus. But I also know a lot of us, we aren't. We know it's our job, but we're hoping somebody else will, will do it. 
Um, I want to show you a, a very short uh, video um, in a moment. It's by a, a, a guy named Penn from uh, the show Penn and Teller. Um, I think they're, they're magicians. I don't watch their show. I don't really know much about them. But um, he, he tells a story of uh, a man that comes up to him after his, uh, his show, and uh, I think they like to interact with fans. They sign uh, things for them. And, and uh, this fan, though, brought him a Bible. And Penn is an atheist. does not believe in God at all. But, uh, but this man brought Penn uh, a Bible. And, uh, and then Penn went on YouTube and made uh, this, this video that we'll have up for you. And I've always said, you know, that I, I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there's a heaven and hell and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life or whatever, and you think that, uh, well, it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward. And atheists who think that people shouldn't proselytize, just leave me alone, keep your religion to yourself. Uh, how much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? I mean, if I believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it, that, that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackle you. And this is more important than that. And I've always thought that, and I've written about that, I've thought of it conceptually. Uh, you, you can watch the whole video. It's good, um, but I just didn't want to take a, a ton of time. I forgot to say proselytize. That's not a word I hear much. I don't know how many people know, oh, proselytize. It, talking about trying to convert people, right? Trying, trying to convert people. And here's an atheist that says, how much do you have to hate someone to, to not tell them? not tell them the gospel. It's scary if an atheist can get it better than we can, uh, than we do. Um, so if that's you today, right, if you know, man, when's the last time I really told someone about Jesus? The, the one who's completely changed my life now and forever. When's the last time I told someone about Christ? I want to encourage you to just start praying. Let's spend the next couple weeks as a body. Let's, just, let's pray. Let's pray that God would stir up in us a, a passion to tell people about Jesus. Let's pray for neighbors, coworkers, uh, family members. Let's also ask God to reveal to us what's keeping us from doing it. Right? Is it fear? Is it laziness? Is it whatever it might be? Like, let's ask Jesus to search us and, 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 and tell us um, what it is so we can get, the root, we can get to the root of, of the issue because we, we have to do this, uh, and, and not only should we have to, but it should be our pleasure, it should be our joy to tell people about Christ. We're going to keep going on here. Uh, verse 9, it says, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. All right, so it says true light, which, which m- could make you think, oh, so fake lights and true lights. That's not, that's not what this is saying. True light is the, the ultimate light, the light that, that, that all of history had been waiting for, right? So throughout the Old Testament, there were all these lights pointing ahead to Christ, right? The, the law pointed to Christ. Like I said, Leviticus points to Christ. All these things pointing to Christ, even the, the manna. Right? In the Old Testament, clearly God's provision. And, and in John uh, 6.32, Jesus says, I'm the true bread of heaven. Right? Like that, the man was pointing to me. So it says, the true light which gives light to everyone was, was coming into the world. And this light was not just for the Jews. 
okay? Not just for God's people, but, but it's for anyone who would, who would believe. And John's going to use light over and over again throughout his gospel. And, and, and we'll see that, that light, um, it divides into two camps. You either love the light or you hate the light. Like there's, there's, no, there's no middle ground. John 8, 12, Jesus says, um, sorry, it says, Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 12, 46. I've come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Jesus is the, the true light, the, the ultimate light that, that, that had been long awaited, the light that had finally come into the world. Verse 10, it says, He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. This is incredibly sad. The, the creator of the world, he came, and, and yet the world didn't, didn't know him. They didn't perceive as they, as they interacted with Jesus, experienced Jesus, they didn't, they didn't conclude, they didn't, they didn't get it. They didn't get that he was Jesus. And, and, and we talk about knowing Jesus, and that's supposed to be in, in a personal way. We talk about having a relationship with Christ. And I, I just ask you this morning, do you have a relationship with, with Jesus? Like, do, do you know him? Would you classify it as as a relationship. My guess is that, that in churches all over the place, um, a lot of people, if they were asked that question, they, they'd realize that, that the relationship with God is, is more like our relationship with Siri or Alexa, where, where we're on a first-name basis. We actually we talk a lot. We make requests. We find Siri to be helpful. But the relationship isn't really there. Weeks ago, we were in Exodus, and we heard about Moses saying he met face-to-face with God. Right? And not, not literally face-to-face, but speaking of uh, in a personal way, Moses talked with, with God Almighty. Okay, he, he knew God. God knew him. So, so do, we, do we know Jesus? It says the world, the world didn't know him. Verse 11, it actually gets worse. It says he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. He came to the Jews, and, and, and they, they didn't receive him. And in fact, Scripture lays it out that they were stubbornly resistant. Um, from Isaiah 65.2, it says, I spread out my hands all the day to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good, following their own devices. And then verse 3, I don't have on the screen there, but it says, a people who provoke me to my face continuously. Humanity is in this rebellion. His own people were in, in a rebellion to him. They, they didn't recognize him. They didn't perceive him. A few years ago, um, we went to Disneyland, and I think, I think my oldest two kids were like riding the, the teacups or something like that. Lindsay and I were standing next to um, the Mad Hatter gift shop, and, uh, and I don't know what I was doing. I wasn't really paying attention to whatever's going on. Suddenly, she's by my side, kind of sort of whispering, and she says, that guy behind us, he's famous. I can't figure out who he is, though. And, and then I was commissioned to turn around and figure out who this famous person was, right? So I turn around, and the guy's already smiling at me. Like, he already knows. Like, clearly, we're not 
sneaky. Um, actually, we have a picture that I got with him, so go ahead and pull that up. So uh, it's Jason Ritter. I don't know if you can, it was a selfie. Uh, so Jason Ritter, he's been on several shows, son of John Ritter. Um, anyway, so, so this interaction with him, I turn around, he's already smiling, and I'm looking, I'm like, oh my goodness, she's right. I do know this guy, but I don't know his name. I don't know what he's in. And I stare for a while, and it's awkward for me, but funny to him. And, and, and then I, I've got nothing. I just say something like, I know you're famous. I've seen you on something, but who are you? <laughs> right? Like not exactly complimentary at all. And, and he's just like, oh, yeah, I don't know how you know me. He's totally playing along. He was really loving it. And, and finally, he gives in. He's like, yeah, I've been on some different shows, Parenthood. And I, he's on a show right now. I think he's the star of it. Something about the world. There you go. Kevin saves the world. Anyway, um, so we, we get a picture with him. And, and he, he thought it was pretty funny. Um, he, he thought it was funny that, that I couldn't figure out who he was, even though I knew he was somebody. Um, but there, there, there's nothing funny uh, about this with, with God's own people. Right? They didn't realize that they should know Jesus. They didn't, they didn't recognize him at all. You know, his own people had been waiting. They knew. They knew that the Messiah was going to come someday. Between the Old Testament and the New Testament, 400 years. Right? 400 years of silence. 400 years knowing that the Savior's supposed to come. That we're, oh, we can get rid of that picture now. Um, <laughs> that the Savior's coming, and, and, and Jesus comes, and they miss him. They don't get it. They don't recognize him at all. They're, they don't even know that they should know him. John wrote this gospel so that we wouldn't miss it. He said that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. There's good news, though, in verses 12 and 13. It says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So, so all, anyone who would put their faith in Christ. The beauty of the gospel is it doesn't matter race, gender, socioeconomic, IQ, like none of that matters. Religious background, anyone that would receive Jesus, that would believe in his name, will be saved. And, and, and this believing isn't just intellectual Right? You, just, you, you believe that, that Jesus is real. Um, James 2.19 says even the demons believe in God. Right? They know who God is. There's no doubt. They're very clear, but they're not saved. I hope that you don't believe in Jesus like I believe in working out. Right? Like I know that working out is good for me. I know uh, that it... Re- it reduces the risk of like certain diseases. It would help me control my weight better. That it would give me more energy. That it would stabilize my mood. All that stuff. I think I'm pretty happy, so I don't know that I really need to work out, though. Um, <laughs> but I also, like, as much as I know those things, I'm lazy, right? I, I want to be with my family. Uh, yeah, my youngest, I've told you a hundred times, my youngest daughter's not sleeping too well. I don't exactly feel like getting up and going running. My running shoes look pretty cool right now. I don't want to stain them. Like, there's all kinds of reasons that, 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 that while I believe working out is good for me, I'm clearly not persuaded that it matters. So, so when, it, when it says to, to believe in his name, to believe in all that, that Jesus is, all that Scripture reveals to us about him. Someone said that faith, they said this, it says faith involves much more 
than trust in Jesus or confidence in him. It's an acceptance of, of Jesus and all who he claims to be and, and a dedication to one's life uh, or dedicating one's life to him. So he says to all, all who receive, all who believe, and it says he, he gave, right? God gave the right to become children of God. So God gives anyone who would believe in him the right to become a member of his own family. So you go from being an orphan spiritually and your status changes to to a full-fledged member, a full-fledged child of God. And if you struggle at all with with self-worth or value, know that, that if you're a Christian, you are nothing less than a loved son or daughter of God. You're, you're a child of God. That's an amazing thing. Verse 13 says, uh, Who were born um, not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but, but of God. Right? This, this becoming a child of God, it's, it's a spiritual birth. And, and, and we're, we're involved. Right? It says that we, we receive, God, we believe. But, but it's clearly, John wants us to know, this is God's doing. God is God's the one that makes you a, a child. Salvation is 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 complex. It's mysterious. The part we play and the part God plays. But John wants us to know this is this is God's doing. Man cannot do this. This is this doesn't come from from people deciding uh, like like you decide to have a child or, or from passion. Like this is God's doing in bringing about this this life. So maybe today you, you realize maybe you've been coming to church for a while, but you realize that that you. You haven't trusted in Jesus. You, you haven't, hey, maybe even know that, that you need Jesus to die for your sins. You, you needed him to death, but you actually haven't made him Lord of your life. You, you haven't said, yes, Jesus, everything I know about you, I, I'm, I'm giving myself to you. I'm dedicating my life to you. And if that's, if that's you today, we have people that would love to pray with you. We'd love to talk with you. And maybe you know what's holding you back from Christ. Like there's this thing that you just can't get past. We'd love to pray with you about that. We'd love to talk with you through that. Maybe you do know Jesus. You've been following Jesus for maybe it's a month, maybe it's years. But you realize that you're not, you're not sharing the gospel. Right? You're not, you're, not telling, you're not telling this world about Jesus. And I look at our church, and we've grown a lot over the last few years. I think we've grown, though, because people are moving to Camas. And I'm glad for all of you that are here. Don't, don't think, like, you moved from California. I'm happy you're here. Some people are anti-California. I like all of you, okay? Um, we're glad you're here. But I hope that in 2018, 2019, I hope we're growing because people are coming to know Jesus, right? That, that we get over our, our fears of having an awkward conversation with someone or, or being rejected or made fun of or whatever it might be, that, that we would be a people that just won't shut up about how amazing God is, about this life that, that he has given me, right? That he has totally changed my destiny forever, that I was lost before him, and now I'm found, and now I'm a child. I hope there were people that just can't be quiet about that. I hope that's why we grow right, this year. And if that's you, and you're realizing, gosh, I'm, I'm not, like, you feel guilty. You know you haven't really told your neighbor about Jesus. Like, they know you're a Christian, but you haven't shared, you haven't really looked for opportunities to share the gospel. If that's you, get prayer today, right? We'll have people during, during these two songs, we'll have people that are ready to pray with you, or just pray with the person right next to you, whether it's a family member, a friend, just 
Just confess to one another and, and, and pray. Pray specifically for, for people that don't know Christ. We're, we're going to take communion. And, and there will be people up here that are, are going to remind you as they hand you the bread, this is the body of Christ broken for you. As they hand you the cup, the blood of Christ shed for you. Take those elements. Take them back to your seat. And thank God for that. Thank God for what he's done in you. And then pray for some people that you know don't know Jesus yet. Band's going to come up. I'm, I'm going to pray. Jesus, um, Lord, we, we need you. Sometimes we're really, really aware of how badly we need you, God. And sometimes, sometimes we fool ourselves into thinking that we're doing okay. I pray for people in the room that something's holding them back from trusting you, Jesus. God, would you make that really clear to them? And would they, would they come to you with that today, Lord? Would you give them the faith, give them the ability to believe in you, to trust in you, to receive you as Lord? God, for those who realize they haven't told anyone about you in a long, long time, God, would you stir in us? Would you, Holy Spirit, would you just bug us? God, could we, could we not sleep even? knowing that, that we have the gospel and we've got to be like John and point to the true light, to the ultimate light in you, Christ. Lord, would you stir that in us, Jesus? It's in your name we pray. Amen.